Welcome ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in today. In front of me I have Amy Elderkin. Amy is the co-founder and managing director of Popcorn Media. They specialize in digital marketing. Amy is also an advocate for social change. She did a really cool campaign a couple years back called Tweet to Eat, which we're going to get into a little bit more in a little bit. And she's also an advocate for uh, changing the label in Vancouver for the No Fun City. So Amy, thank you for sitting down and taking the time. It's been really uh, challenging to get you here. And so <laughs> thank you. Do you so want to give yourself a bit of an introduction to the audience, who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name's Amy Ellerhan, and yeah, as you said, I am a co-founder of Popcorn, and we specialize in social media, but we also do PR and marketing as well. Um, I deal a lot with client-facing strategies, so that's my main area of focus is, is strategy and coming up with things that people will like. <laughs> and um, how did you get into marketing social media? What was kind of the route that you took to get to this point? Yeah, it was, well, um, my kind of journey was not necessarily normal. Um, I went to school for audio engineering in Toronto, um, and so I did audio and music, and that was like my 100% total passion, and that was like, I, was like, I can't do music, I don't want to do anything else. Um, and I just kind of kept falling into, from there, I went to school, and I just kind of kept falling into other jobs. I fell into a sales role, and they're like, go, we can believe in you. And I was like sitting there like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what sales is. I have no idea. Um, and then I moved into uh, into hospitality, in the hospitality field, and um, kind of, uh, they just kind of literally gave me a marketing and sales role that I had no experience for. Um, just loved the power of social media. That was like right around the time where Twitter was really hitching off. Um, uh, and so I, I just was like, I loved Twitter. I started becoming like a, an internet, like a Twitter celebrity, for lack of a better word, in, in Vancouver locally. Um, and uh, and met my business partners through, through Twitter. And I, anyway, so basically I just kind of started knowing how to use it on my own and kind of understanding it and exploring it and seeing the benefits and how it allowed me to um, to grow my own personal network. Um, and so I thought, well, if I can do this for myself, then I can obviously do this for businesses. And so I just kind of started doing marketing and just literally started doing it. I, I That's so annoying. That's the worst answer because no, people go to school for it but I'm just like I just decided I wanted to do marketing I'm the worst person <laughs> no but and that's the power of it is that you decided to do it right and a lot yeah. of people will like not even take action and do something about it right and so it's kind of like the fact that you took action is the biggest thing and would you say that it was like an intuition was it a passion like kind of where did you know because like when people are struggling to make decisions and like trying to figure out the next direction or next chapter for themselves what was kind of like the thing that led you in that direction? That's a good question. Um, you know what? It was, it was like all of a sudden I had this something inside of me. I was, you know, I was just like, I'm gonna start a business. I don't know even where that came. Like I don't know where that came from. Um, I, it just it was like completely set on starting a business. It just something inside of me knew that change was coming. I think that. Um, I always get, and I know if my friends do, this unsettled, weird feeling every once in a while, like every six months or every few years or whatever it is for different people. But it's kind of this just like, ooh, I'm not totally satisfied. I'm satisfied, but I'm not sa not satisfied. And it's this weird feeling. And so I knew that that bubbly, 
uneasy feeling when something was going to happen. Something was going to happen. When I feel that, I know that change is coming. Um, so I, inside me, I knew I wanted to start a business. And I ended up, um, I was working with one friend to try and start kind of like a touristy kind of related business because that was what I was doing. I was in hospitality and I was like, this makes sense. And so we were working on that project. Um, we even had business cards, like we were kind of ready to go. And then I ended up meeting my current business partner, Dennis. Um, we met in an event because we were both Twitter like influencers. So we like got invited to all these different things. We met. And he, uh, within a couple of weeks, he was like, hey, me and my friend Nick want to start this business. Do you think you want to do it? And I was just like, oh, I guess, okay, sure. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing or what I was going to get myself into. And I um, met my business partners and just, I mean, I just said yes to like an opportunity that was something I liked to do. But I had no, inside of me, I wasn't like, I'm going to do marketing. I'm going to do social media. I just kind of like listened jobs. I had a job, I was doing sales, I had a little bit of marketing, I hated the sales, I liked the marketing, so I continued doing more of the marketing, and I kind of just followed little bits of joy, like they weren't necessarily like, this is my one true calling, like I still don't feel like marketing is my one true calling, like I have lots of passions, but it was something that didn't feel agonizing to do. It felt joyful and on some level. I think that waking up in the morning to go to work of anything is still work. Um, but it still was just joy. It felt good. It felt, I'm good at this. I know what I'm doing. I can do it. And then we just started the business. It was five years ago. So it was like just not traditional and kind of crazy, but Oh, you're going to say a little bit. A little bit, I guess. Oh, your gut and just whatever you like. You're like, this is what Whatever I like. Yeah. I think that's more what it, what it is because my gut isn't necessarily, I think I can't really listen to anything. It's just when something's right, I usually just make the decision. There's not really a thought process. It, it's I don't think about it. Anything that I have to really like think about, I find it's not usually the right choice. If, if I want to do it, I'll just say yes. And I, I, it's always crazy, weird things that I say yes to. Um, and I'm thinking after, why did I just say yes to that terrifying thing? Why didn't I question it or think about it? But those are usually the things that I am happiest about. And they're usually the scariest. And I don't know why I'm just like, okay, I'll do it. Maybe just because I know that it's scary, so it's probably good and the right decision. I don't know. Yeah. Tell me a little more about Popcorn Media. So what is exactly, what kind of service do you guys offer and what kind of clients do you guys have there? Yeah. Well, that as well as growing involved as we've been around for the last five years, but because social media changes so much and marketing changes all the time. So right now, we're we're heavily focused on social media. So we do a lot of digital campaigns and content creation. Um, so I would say the bulk of our services is online strategy, marketing strategy. Um, that's kind of our bread and butter. But with that comes this responsibility of kind of being like a business consultant in a lot of ways because you're not just coming up with content for a super great tweet or Instagram post. You're also coming up with like, okay, what's going to generate sales for this company or what's going to bring um, people to their website or also, um, you know, if we get them to their website, does their website suck? Like, is that going to actually do anything for them? If we get them to this restaurant, Sorry, if we get people to the restaurant, does the restaurant suck? Like, so we also have to consult these businesses on these other areas of their business, these their menu for, to their website, to their events that they're having, to their staff sometimes that just aren't 
representing them properly. Like we really are full consultants, which is kind of strange. But yeah, the bulk of what we do is storytelling, creating art, creating fun experiences for people's customers online. Something that people want to follow is essentially what we do. From your website, it seems like you guys really try to focus on having, you know, really creative storylines and, you know, maybe pushing the boundaries a little bit, taking a little bit more risk with your clients. Why is that important, like your company DNA? Like, what made you guys kind of follow that model? Just, we don't like boring stuff. We still have to do it a lot of the time, which that's part of being a small business, I think, and growing. Sometimes you get stuck with boring projects and you say yes to them because we're like, well, I need to take a I need to take this client because I'm just starting out and I can't say no to people. Um, but we definitely want to do things weirdly. <laughs> That's English. But um, we we all are weird and we like to do crazy things. And my favorite, like I, one of my biggest life mottos is like interesting life, interesting marketing because those two kind of go hand in hand and it allows you to see weird things in, in different parts of the world or in different communities within the city and then you can kind of combine those it's like a delicious meal that's made of fusion food that you're just like oh, i never would have thought of like french and asian together but like it really works for me it's kind of the same with marketing it's like what can we do to put things together and make it totally new and crazy um and we just we love like we love just like insanity because it's wonderful. Like that's what people want. People want the surprises. More businesses have to take risks because people get used to it. Like think about even Instagram, anyone who uses Instagram at all is I'm sure if I say to you, like picture the perfect Instagram photo, like this like a girl's cute legs out and a coffee cup right by her, like her legs and she's in bed still and like, hundred million likes on that photo like you just know everyone knows what a good Instagram photo looks like right so we get used to what a, what is expected in everything in any kind of marketing whether it's TV whether it's Instagram whatever the next big thing is we get used to it and so then it's as a marketer it's my duty to make people interested like not only for them not only for the client but it's for my benefit like it's really selfish I want to do something that I want to look at, that I want to engage with, that I want to partake in, participate with. Um, I want to create things that, that make me excited. That's incredible like, for you. Yeah, way more fun. Way more fun. Like, who cares about, like, here's this pretty picture again that everyone's seen a thousand times. Like, okay, great. I know I've like guaranteed likes. Great. Perfect. It's good to have that, I guess. You know, you have that in your back pocket. But to really, like, come up with something nutty and then, like, it produces and it's out there and people like it and they feel it's like the best feeling ever. Well, we get conditioned, right? If we see the yeah. same things again and again, we get numb to things, right? So we do need a little bit of that shock value or that surprise or whatever it is, right? Because if we don't have that, then we get dull to marketing quite quickly. Totally. Do you guys go for like viral effects sometimes? Like, do you ever try to kind of like create content and have more of a viral impact, or is that not really a thought process that goes through for you guys? It definitely, no, it does. Uh, it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's really. Um, we have the most luck with bigger clients too that are more okay with taking bigger risks because usually viral stuff is a little bit risky. Right. I I think it's just kind of taking that chance. Um, so we definitely do try. Uh, now we're, we actually are at the point where we have some bigger clients, so we're working on some kind of crazier, weirder, stranger campaigns. 
because um, the bigger clients, they're used to taking more risks. They've worked with lots of agencies before, so it's easier. Do you have an example of a project that kind of, or campaign that went viral or something that kind of really had a lot more success than you guys really expected to? Yeah, I mean, super simple, like basic content kind of thing that I would like. I wouldn't say it went viral because a lot of our clients are super local. Right. Um, but that gained so much traction. We just did. We've got a client called Blasted Church Wine. I don't know winery. I don't know if people know Blasted Church. Right. Um, close to Kelowna, yeah, 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 yeah they're yeah. in that region, yeah. um, and they've got these crazy labels, and they're like these pieces of art, and they're just absolutely insane and wonderful, um, and we were just like, oh, you know, the brand's not having a ton of engagement on their Facebook page lately, like it's dipped down, so, you know, we want to increase the engagement, so what can we do, and so we came up with like taking the labels and doing a, a kind of um, spot the difference, so taking one and beside the other, and just changing things around, and so, literally, we went from getting like no likes, no comments on photos because people just started getting kind of bored of the content, which happens. It, it just does. It's just exactly what we talked about. People are used to seeing a certain thing, you have to change it. So, we kind of broke that cycle and got like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments on these photos of people like trying to spot the difference. And it was like just totally way more than we ever expected. And that's a very small example. I just kind of like a tangible example of something that you can do is like thinking about like what do we want to achieve? How can we achieve it? Even on a small scale can be really exciting and, and wonderful too. So that's a small example. Well, it's really how simple of an example that is, but it's so elementary, right? Where we go back to like almost kindergarten and preschool where it's like you're looking for the differences, right? Oh, yeah. And it's that little engagement that people just want to have and it's like providing that through a brand is just really clever. So. Actually, not a ton, but I'm not surprised by it, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, it's just a really fun thing. It's, and it's, like, important to think about, like, just the stuff that you like to do. What do you stop to do? I do that. Like, I, I, whenever there's, like, a stupid game on the internet, I'm just like, oh, I gotta do it. Like, there was that, those, what was it, those little penguins or something? Like, there's that photo of, like, tons of, find the penguin and, like, all these other, I think you don't know. I never saw this. No, no, no. Okay, never mind. Yeah, but they're, like, people just love... Like stupid games, it's kind of almost like the the black and gold, like the yellow, white and gold, black and blue, whatever dress. Like, right. is it black or gold or whatever? Um, people want to like talk about something stupid on the internet, so give them, give them that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone wants a little break every now and then. Early on, was it easy for you guys to get clients, or like how was like the starting points? We always talk about in businesses, it's not easy starting it off. How was that part for you guys? Well, for us, it was never really hard to get clients, but it was, um, we kind of, when we started, I mean, it's so funny, because it was five years ago, it's not that long, but when we started, there was like, you know, social media was still kind of like, uh, what is it, you still, when we started, we had to convince people, like, why, why you needed social media, so there weren't a lot of companies like us, right. we were really specializing, and I know you asked this of me earlier, and I didn't answer, like, what kind of clients we had, but we started out with a lot of restaurants, so just to kind of bring that back, um, we started out with a lot of restaurants, we still have a lot of restaurant clients, um, and so we would, people just kind of found out about us, because, again, we went to tons of event, events, because we were influencers at the time, um, of influence on Twitter, and so we just would always meet people, and so we got a lot of clients that way. Um, but as we grew, we found that those clients weren't necessarily, we're kind of just saying yes for the sake of saying yes. So they weren't necessarily, 
they didn't resonate with like what we really wanted to be doing and it was kind of just really took a long time to get to the point where we were saying yes to clients that we really wanted and they able to say like no you're not the right fit for us um and it's really like quite a luxury to have that now because then we just the stuff we're doing we're passionate about we love it it's exciting um the people that we're working with are really nice and we kind of come on board with new new companies new clients and we really kind of be part of the family um and when we first started out it was a lot of people just like these people off there and then the twitters and the facebooks and we're like just this thing that existed somewhere else that didn't really make sense to them um so that was really that was like the biggest struggle now it's just nice to say yeah this is what we do done we're part of the team yeah and we're like an important part of the team now because social media is just the internet basically it's taking off it's like you're without a social presence it's like really hard to do business today well like this like social media is just it's the internet it is the internet yes like so if you're saying i don't believe in social media then you just don't believe in the internet and if you don't believe in the internet i'm sorry like you're an idiot (laughs) you know what i mean like it's just the internet just deal with it it's 2016 you have to get on the internet there's no way you've got to be on the internet unless you are a grandparent then you have an excuse and even then you should probably be on the internet well even my dad like he's 62 and he has a landscaping company and it's like he's done a lot more stuff on the internet but it's a struggle for him right and that's kind of think the thing for people that didn't have it growing up and it's like he's had a brick and mortar business his entire life and now so i'm trying to like have an online presence it's you know it's a bit of a catch-up for me it's tougher to do Oh, it's really hard. It's hard. That's like a different scenario. But I think those people who don't get it, they still know that it's a thing. Like, they're like, I know I need to do that thing, but I don't get it. They're like, how do I do this? And that's where you guys come and play. That's when we try and help. Yeah, we do our very best. <laughs> I like it. For you guys, um, like, when you're looking at social media, like, from a business standpoint, like, what kind of mistakes do you see a lot of businesses making? Like, what kind of advice would you give people that are starting off a business and wanting to get into social? Like, we might have to go to platform by platform, but kind of like, what are the common mistakes you see or what you recommend for businesses getting online? What should they be doing right now? I think the most, um, the most important thing is just being able to be real. Um, especially if you're, if, if we're talking from the standpoint of like, I am, you know, whatever, whoever, and I have my small business, and I've got, like, a small team of people, and I don't have anyone that can, I can't dedicate someone to do this, um, I think the most important thing that you can do is just be real and don't be afraid to be real, uh, a lot of small businesses will, like, just, they also just don't really understand the, the different platforms, so I see a lot of people, for example, they'll post to Instagram, and Instagram is great because you can select then post to Twitter and Facebook automatically. So you've got this wonderful photo that you've created, fabulous, and you send it off to Twitter and you send it off to Facebook and you don't have to think about it ever again. And and that, I think, is great. It's a time saver. But what people forget is that Instagram is Instagram and Twitter is Twitter and Facebook is Facebook. And I'm just using those three because there's a thousand. Those are the most popular right now. Um, so those are, you know, if, if you're using Instagram, what's popular on, on Instagram is, is like a certain style and um, a, a certain way of writing as well. Like their actual written word is a certain style. And like the native content. Exactly, yeah. So I find like people will just post something and then there's that 10,000 hashtags after it, but then that's going to Twitter. I mean, sorry, that's going to, to Facebook and then it's showing up on Facebook with like a thousand hashtags and that's just, it looks kind of stupid on Facebook. Like. People aren't really using Facebook that way. They're not using it as like a search 
kind of tool in the same way. Um, I know that they support the hashtags, which is great, and you can, there's some level of searchability there, but it's really serving no benefit. And it's just an eyesore, and you're like, you're giving, you're basically giving the people who are following you just an eyesore. You're not giving them a service. You're just like posting for the sake of it. Um, and same with Twitter, if you post this long post on Instagram and it goes to Twitter, then it, there's only 140 characters. So like it's gonna get cut off, it's not gonna look right. You've not prepared your piece of content for your platform. And so I think that that's number one, is just like, there's like being, I guess I kind of combined two, sorry, I'm the worst. Um, but- It's all good, we're on a good tangent. Yes, yes, okay, so um, number one, like absolutely prepare your content for your platform. Um, that's kind of just, I think that that's a no-brainer. So if you're posting on Twitter, make it just for Twitter. Totally. Facebook, just Facebook. Exactly. Like you know, like, face, also Facebook has really strict algorithms of, like, what people will see. So if you post something in your business, pretty much no one will see it. Because, you know, you got to pay to play is what they all say now. And it's true, though. You've got to pay on Facebook for people to see your, your content. So not only that, if you post, and also... Facebook favors content that was created on Facebook. Right. So if you're posting from another um, like platform. Instagram, another platform, it's not going to favor that content. It won't enjoy that content. It won't share your content with everyone easily. Um, so it makes more sense for you, if you want any chance of anyone seeing it, to just post it on Facebook. And you can schedule right on Facebook. Like you, There's a little thing that says, you know, do you want to schedule this? You hit schedule, and you can schedule it for another time. So you, in theory, you could just sit there and plan your, your week out of content and schedule it out. Like, there's no reason you can't do that. So it's still, like, there's time-saving ways of doing it other than just posting from one platform. But then also, so coming back to what I was saying before, is just authenticity. Um, just, like, remember that you're a human and that other people are human. And, you know, sometimes people do want to know that you've got, like, two-for-one bunches of bananas. I don't know why. Or promos. You know, like some people will need you need to know that information. Right. Like 100%, people need to know what your business has to offer. But you know what else they really want to know is like who you are and what you believe in and what you do. And this is our customer, Tom. And like this is Judy. She delivers like whatever. Like this is what she does outside of the business. Like just sharing real moments. Um, I think really all you have to do, like, so authenticity is incredibly important, but just pay attention to what you like. Just pay attention. Like, people should pay attention. If you feel, like, terrified to tweet or terrified to post something, or, like, I don't really know what I'm doing, just spend that week instead of worrying about what you're saying. Spend that week listening to what other people are saying and how they're saying it and why you like it. If you feel, like, compelled to press like, just instead of just pressing like, Think about, okay, why did I do that? What about this? What was the emotional reason? Was there, was there an emotional reason? Was it funny? Was it um, personal? Was it like a compelling story? Did it make me mad? Or like, I don't know, whatever. Why did you like it? Why did you share it? Why did you comment it? Like, pay attention. And then that will help you incorporate those feelings and elements into your own stuff that you're publishing. Lastly, you have to listen. So it's not about, it kind of is going back to what I just said, it's kind of reflects on that, is social media is about talking and engaging and being listening. listening. Gary Vaynerchuk says that all the time, right? Like he yeah, just like, totally. it's, it's about a platform of listening. He's just like, for all the time he spends tweeting and like Instagramming and all that stuff, he's just mm -hmm. like, 
he spends so much time talking to his audience and listening and like, that's a key component just like people think it's all about just like disposing how you feel and just sharing like everything about your day-to-day life but it's like so much is about like listening because if you don't have that engagement from other people and nobody's like enjoying the content you're not really doing a service to anybody yeah, it's, it's like normal networking. Like, you're essentially networking online. You're part networking and you're part letting people know what's going on with your business. Because if I am going to a restaurant on Monday on Family Day, like we just had Family Day in D.C., and I'm just like, ooh, I better check if they're, if they're open. I, but their website probably doesn't get updated that often. So I'm not going to be able to go to their website for that information. And better be able to go to their Twitter or their Instagram or their Facebook just to quickly see, like, are you guys even, are you open? Like, a post about that. That's, like, informational. Like, you're... Customers, your people want to know stuff. So you're not like posting that to get a like. You're posting that just because like, hey, I'm going to do my customers a service. But then there's also... So the when it's like maybe a holiday and there's some questionability about whether you're open or not, you think it's a simple thing like, hey, we're open today. Blast it out. Because that, you're not doing that. The intention of that post is not to get... But like everyone's going to share that we're open. Maybe they will. Maybe you've got like a super good brunch. I don't know. Like, and that's delicious looking and people want to share it. But it's really just to be used as an, uh, an uh, website, essentially. To be honest, straightforward. Like, hey, we're open today. Just like, we don't... Like the information. I don't make people search. Like, let them just like see what, what the information is. So you have to have some intention behind like what you're posting. You know? You, right. you It's okay if not every post gets a thousand likes and shares. It's like not always your intention. Um... I feel like we're jumping around a lot here, but that's okay. Um, Little point. I, okay, cool. Good. Um, yeah. And Does the intention, like, should it just be coming, like, from, obviously, that's, like, sincerity, honesty, right? It's kind of just, like, yeah. just, like, what you feel like your client wants to see or what they're going to enjoy and appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I get, yeah, exactly. Like, if you want to share, like, a dumb cat video, if it's relevant to, like, you and your brand then then do it like if your audience really is going to like that video but if you share that video and no one says anything and you keep doing it then probably maybe cool it with the cat videos cut back on the cat videos videos. maybe talk about your like special a little bit more yeah (laughs) what are the biggest differences between businesses posting on social and people in their personal life like for you do you like kind of see differences like what if people want to have more success with their personal life like what would you recommend for posting in that category? For your own personal? Yeah. Um, again, it, I mean, it's really just like human psychology. Like, um, people want to see, people really do genuinely want to see like your triumphant moments. It's so true. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's, you know, it's awful to be like, this is like, I'm putting my best foot forward. But it, people, like, people that like my stuff, they, it's usually like, I've got a new client or like, I'm going to, on a big trip to this place. So, like, they love to see, like, those encouraging, wonderful moments. But that's, like, from a Facebook kind of standpoint. For, for me, personally, um, I've noticed that those are the things that people like. And it's going to be different for everyone because everyone has a different kind of network. Um, for Twitter, I think it's really important to just stop worrying about posts. And for Twitter, Twitter is an easy listening platform. So Twitter, follow people. Like, I met, I've got every job my whole, you know, adult life through Twitter, basically. Um, You literally follow people that you aspire to be like or that you like um, and care about them. (laughs) If they post something, then say, like, I really like that. That's really interesting. Like, and keep engaging with them. And then... 
eventually you might know them or it, like you might kind of be in that same circle as them. Like it's it's a networking tool. So using Twitter instead of just like, oh, I've got all these things happening and here are all the things that I'm doing. It kind of goes back to the business thing, but nobody needs to know if you're, you know, making toast at three in the morning. Like there's no need for people to know that. Um, the way it, like a business maybe wants to have that, that on <laughs> their social feed. But use Twitter as a listening tool 100%, 100, 100, 100%, because you will meet so many people. Um, when I first moved to, um, to Vancouver, and like that was kind of what I was doing. I was just like following people who I knew were interesting in the city that I that were in similar communities that I'd like to be involved in. I followed them. I engaged with them genuinely. I wouldn't if someone was a jerk and posting awful stuff. I'm not gonna be like, cool. You're gonna... No, it's authentic. It's like I really genuinely care about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I care about it, and I want to talk to you. And can we have coffee or like can can you make time to meet with me or oh you're gonna be at this event that's so exciting I'm gonna be there too like let's say hello and you take that kind of you use it as a networking opportunity um so Twitter is really great for that and I think Instagram and your personal account you do whatever you want if you want you make it your own and for me it's like my personal curated like artboard like I love like I've um carefully placed the center um stream of my Instagram with like one type of photo and it's just like a double exposure image of either like my face which sounds stupid but I like it or something else and to me it just like it's just visually I really enjoy it and I could care less if I get a lot of likes on things but I've curated it in a way that's pleasing for me and I use it to follow other people who inspire me Um, and then I use it just to kind of populate a beautiful like board for yourself yeah it's for myself I think, I mean, all of this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's your own personal account. Use it however you want. Do whatever you want. If you are a comedian and you want to just post, like, fart jokes, not that that's, like, the only thing comedians talk about, but if you want to do that on your Twitter, then do yeah, it. It's your profile. It's your profile. You do whatever you want, right? It's kind of just like, if you care for engagement, you can tweet or post one way. If you don't care for engagement, you can do tweet whatever. or post a different way, right? It's like, certain things are going to get more attention than others, right? And it's like, basic human psychology and people can figure out what's going to work and what's not right yeah and that's just how it goes i just think like the most important thing is to just be yourself like all the time as much as you can be like you know but just being true and like if you like it then that's good enough and it doesn't really need to get likes all the time no it's not about that i don't know i don't think it is but i can see you know it feels good to get feedback from people it feels really good to be like i just got 100 likes on something like yeah it feels good it like feeds you your ego it's like kind of nice but it doesn't really mean anything i think it was back to intention right so if you're putting something out there for like yourself and it's like you just really want to like share something it's like yeah. you shouldn't care if it's four likes or six like it's kind of like if you put out something that you're really passionate about it's like who cares how much engagement you get from it right really totally. like, it goes back to intention it's just like well, what are you, are you going for shallow reasons or deeper reasons, right? And so it really goes back to intentionality, like you said, and what are you trying to achieve with that post? Yeah, like, even personally, um, I try and post stuff that's stupid. Like, I, yeah, I do improv, and I do comedy, and I do, like, a bunch of things. And I try and post things that I'm a little scared about, so I'll post, like, a drawing sometimes, or I'll post, like, 
a singing video, or I'll post me being like a character being like, and it's stupid and like, whatever. But my favorite thing is when I do these kind of scary, like, dumb posts that are really true to who I am. There's always like one or two people that get kind of inspired, and they do something like that, or they'll be like, oh, I love how fearless you are. Like I'm trying to be more like that, or. Um, I'll post a tattoo, getting a tattoo, and somebody will be like, I've always wanted to get a tattoo, now I'm going to go. Like, that's my favorite thing about social media, is that, like, inspiring others through just doing life. <laughs> you know, like, I'd be like, this is how I do my life, you go ahead and try it too. Well, that's what I saying is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was in my blog and podcast, like, people would just, like, quote a section and, like, put in the comments, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, they really like that part, and it's like, I even realized, like, I didn't know it was, like, the best room part of the post or whatever. Or they'll text me like a huge quote from me. It's kind of like it's really cool where it's like certain things will strike a chord with people, and then it's like you kind of get that out of nowhere, right? And they kind of like yeah, it's just really cool if they'll do that. Yeah, and you have no idea. You have yeah. no idea yeah. what's gonna inspire someone because you're just being authentic, and that's just so cool. It's like the coolest thing. It is. That's really what makes it worthwhile for me. It's kind of it brings a smile on my face every time I get that. It's kind of just like it warms me up. It's like knowing that like what you're putting out there is like making a difference and inspiring people to go and do something, it's like, that's the biggest thing, right? It's like, I'm not sure, like, when you do your social change, it's just kind of like, for me, it's like, I just want our generation to really go after what they want to do and just encourage people to, you know, take one more step or do one thing a little bit more out of their normal character they wouldn't do in a day-to-day. If I can get one buddy, one person to take that extra step, like, I feel it's completely worth it when it's come down to it. Oh, that's such a good feeling. Like, but it's also important, I think, to just, like, I also despise when people... Um, when people are like, look at, you can do it too. And like, they literally tell you that you can do it too. And you're just like, oh hell, I know I can do it too. Leave me alone. But it's like really nice when you're just genuinely being and you're not doing, like for me, this is just for me, when, when I'm just doing what I do and sharing it in an authentic way. And then that, my sharing inspires someone. So it's not me like intentionally trying to inspire people. I love those moments of it. Like, those are my favorite, favorite, favorite. Even, like, I went to Tokyo, I shared it, I went by myself, and, like, two or three friends were like, I'm going to go to Tokyo by myself, or I'm going to go to Japan by myself, and I was just like, that's so great. Or they went other places, too. They're like, you traveled alone. I've always wanted to do that. I'm going to go. And that's so great. But I wasn't like, I'm going to go to Tokyo by myself so that other people will feel empowered to do it, too. Like, I wasn't, that wasn't my intention. My intention was selfish. You know, yeah, like, my treat to eat, that was selfish. I did it for myself. If it inspired people, then that's great. But it was selfish. I wanted it to do it for myself. It was my boundary pushing, like, for, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Let's get into tweet to eat a little more, because uh, most of them won't know what that is. So, it's three years ago now you did it? Yeah, it was almost three years ago. Oh, I'm old. Tell the audience a little more about that, because I thought it was a really cool project. It was so great. I was, one day I was watching... Um, Oh, what's it called? Craigslist Joe? I don't know if you ever saw it. It's no. like a documentary. This guy basically goes on Craigslist and gets everything that he needs from Craigslist for 30 days or something crazy. Um, so I was just, I was super inspired by it. It was like not the best documentary, but it was like the intention and that he had great experiences. And I was just at a point in my life where I just needed something like that. I was like, oh, I like this energy. Like I, I like this meeting people thing. And so I was just thinking what can I do that's like that but relates to what I do, which is like social media and Twitter and all that stuff. 
So then I came up with Tweet to Eat. And I was just like, okay, well, I can't do a month. That's crazy. I'm just not going to do it. So I did a two-week, um, basically, where I could only eat unless someone tweeted to me and and gave me food, basically, which sounds so crazy. And it's, it's Aang was basically homeless. She was not allowed to eat any food within her house. I wasn't. Pe- within your own I, I wasn't. Like, I didn't have any groceries other than people brought me groceries. Um, and it's crazy. People had, like, this amazing couple had this, like, vegetarian potluck for me. And I met all their friends. I didn't know anyone there. I like, went to their house, and everybody brought stuff. Um, and also, being around the world, I mean, in 20th, they saw that my tweet, too, and then they um, allowed me, they gave me coffee every morning. It was on my way. I didn't even approach them. It was, like, on my way to work at the time. It was amazing. So that was amazing. But then also they let me surprise the person behind me with coffee. So it was like I started every single day getting a coffee, which is like very important. <laughs> that was my biggest concern actually. And and I also got to like surprise somebody else. So I started every day feeling on top of the world. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Um, and I documented the whole thing on Vancouver is awesome. And that's the, at the end I donated all the money that I would have spent on groceries to save on the food tokens. So I wasn't like trying to be a super freeloader. It was more for like the project and I didn't want people to think like this is some girl trying to eat for free. Oh God, here we go. Um but it was amazing. Like I met that was like one of those times in my life where I was like absolutely the happiest. I don't think I've ever been so happy. It was just like I met new people every day. I had no choice. I had to continue like if I wanted to eat food, I had to go and and make it happen. Make it happen. So, what do you say? Like one of the biggest lessons you took away from that whole thing? Like one or two things that really you can take away from that whole tweety experience. I guess. Okay, this is going to be not what you want to hear at all. But for me, it was like really um, people. Well, there's a couple of things. Couple. I can I give to you that. Oh, you can give it as many as you want. Yeah. <laughs> Five hours later. <laughs> um, no, but I learned that. You know, normally, I'm, the, I'm an extrovert and introvert. I'm super extroverted, but, like, I love just staying home and being quiet and not talking to anybody. And um, that's my favorite night in is, like, a gossip line. I'm, like, by myself. Um, so having to meet at least one new person, if not more, because I had breakfast, I had lunch, I had dinner, I had a lot of meals to cover. Having to at least um, meet one person every day and at the end of that being like the happiest ever, I realized how important community is to me as a person. And so whenever I'm feeling isolation, like I feel like isolating myself, I kind of remember that. And like, remember Amy, you have to meet, meeting new people is part of your DNA. It's like, you absolutely have to, because if you don't, then that can be probably a big indicator of why you're maybe unhappy or isolating yourself or whatever. for that forcing yourself to go out and and talk to people a little more, that was a huge, huge, huge lesson for me. I could just, my whole energy was different because it's crazy. The last day of Tweet Eat, or sorry, the day it had finished, the day previous, I went to buy my first coffee. I was like, oh my God, I'm buying a coffee. This is crazy. It's been two weeks. I've been you know, going to be around the world. So I went to another place and just like went to get a coffee and I'm standing in line. And the guy ahead of me, turns around and he says, you know what, your coffee this morning is on me. 
And I was like, are you kidding me? It's just like that kind of karma that like, I I don't know if I believe in karma in the traditional sense of like when you hear the word karma, like what you do is coming back to you. But I do believe in like energy. Um, I do believe in like in certain times in your life you have this like illuminated energy that people are drawn to for whatever reason and you don't always have it. It's here and it's here, there and it's, it's you it's know. It's funny how it comes and goes actually. I know that yeah. you've got a big energy person too and it's like there's moments where you feel like so aligned where it's like you part waterfalls and other times it's like you feel like yeah nothing's going for you and it's really interesting how like what changes sometimes between those two worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just feel like I learned like that happiness not only makes has an influence on me, um, but it also influences people around me. Because that that energy that I'm feeling is not just here. It's like oh, and, and that's like tapping. It radiates past. It radiates past right? you yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's like one of the one of the main things that I learned. Do you do any work with like stones and crystals, like energy stuff, or is that like? <sighs> you know, I do believe in it. I must say, but I don't. Like all I've purchased some crystals and I'm just like, no, I've got a crystal. And then I'm just like, what do I do with it? Then I put that in like a drawer and I'm like, that job's done. I don't know. I'm not like, I, 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 I think it's interesting. But it's not something that I've explored at all. It's not for everyone, yeah. Uh, of course it's a dream, yeah. So I meditate and when I meditate, yeah. I will hold two stones in my hands. And so, yeah, it's just, I think teach their own, right? It's really what you believe in kind of thing. But okay. I, since I was like a young kid, I've always been drawn to nature and like elements. Totally. And so, like, I have, like, little, like, shells in different places from, like, Tofino, places I've traveled to, and, like, all these different things. So they're kind of, like, my little tokens, and it's weird how little things will appear in my life sometimes, and they're kind of, like, little keepsakes, and I kind of have, like, a little altar and shrine that I meditate Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, like, it's hard for me, because I believe in that, and I'm totally like that, too. I'm, like, this earthy, you know, grew up on the island, and totally that kind of vibe. So I believe in all that stuff. I love meditation. I love all hiking and camping, earth and whatever, you know, those things. Um, but I also love my love for comedy and that often butt heads. Like I was joking with my friends, this is I guess going off topic a little bit, but I was joking with my friends today, or my business partners and my employees, they're my friends too. Um, today that we were talking and doing a catch-up about our weekend, we always do in our, we have a Tuesday morning meeting, we do like our catch-up of what the team's been up to, and and I was like, oh, I didn't do much this weekend, I'm like, oh yeah, but I went to this shamanic trance dance, <laughs> and it was just like so intense, and just totally, it was one of those moments where I was terrified, I'm like, oh, yoga studio with like chanting and like dancing around and I don't know what to expect a drum circle and like holy this is crazy but because I was so afraid like I was like I gotta just say yes to this because I gotta go I gotta just say yes and but inside there was an incredible amount of jokes happening the whole night but I enjoyed it <laughs> but I was joking inside <laughs> you sure you're gonna present would say yes to a lot of things you're a very social going person mm-hmm. we were talking to us about this before we started recording like where do you draw the boundaries of kind of like what you say yes to and what you say no to because I feel like you know, like, there's a lot of activities you can do in the city. It's like, so how do you pick and choose that? Where do you draw your boundaries? Yeah, I, I'm, uh, it changes all the time. And I think you have to listen to that. I usually get to the point of extreme exhaustion. Realize, oh, that's my limit. I've had enough. I've had enough. I've said yes to too many things. So I learn from that. And then I get a little bit better the next time. Um, 
but I usually have to hit like just some sort of insane wall of like what I said yes to because um, I really want to do everything I really want to help everyone I really want to do good and, and be there for everyone um, but I just have to really I just listen to myself I guess um, I, I always kind of say is this serving me is this serving like does it either bring me joy like is it going to be something that's going to bring me joy um, or is it something that's going to take me to the next step of like what I want to do career-wise like is it is it beneficial I mean I hate to say that but like is it something that even if like like I've done talks and and that I'm just like well the talk itself isn't going to get me anywhere but the experience of doing that talk will get me somewhere because it's a subject I'm a little bit scared about or something like that so is it personally growing me or is it professionally growing me or is it just fulfilling just pure joy and I just have to check in with those things. Um, and balance, it's just balancing, like, there's no such thing as balance. I'm never balanced. I'm always crazy in some sort of area. It's either, like, super quiet and I'm, like, loving that or it's insane and, and chaotic. So it's just constantly learning and just, like, oh, yeah, last time I said yes to this kind of thing, I didn't like it that much, so don't do that again. Um, but I try to say yes to the things that are, like, a little bit scary. Um, but not in a just like, ugh. Why scary though? Is it that the things that you think are going to help you grow and develop? Yeah, I mean, there's, I've read a lot of, of stuff about how, you know, in, in a job interview or in work situations, men are much more likely to say yes to things that they don't know how to do than women, statistically. Um, and so, therefore, because they're good at, you know, pretending. Embellishing embellishing because of that because they say yes because they take chances they have these opportunities and I say no more <laughs> no I say like I want to do that too why can't I do that too why can't I oh, say yes to things like I say yes to things in business all the time that I probably shouldn't say yes to and then you pull it off and you're like holy crap I just did a thing that I've never done um and so the second you do one thing like that, that you're like just inside, you're just like, oh no, 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 I can't do it, I can't do it, oh my god. Um, the second there's one thing like that, and then you say yes, and then you're able to do it, it's just like, oh, I can do it. I can just say yes. So those things that are just like scary in a good way, in a bubbly, excited way. In a, I always love, I, I love the analogy of just like, does it make you feel like, I definitely do tons of counseling and therapy and psych. I study, like, read all the psychology stuff, and, you know, they say if you're making a decision, does it make you feel expanded and, like, <laughs> open or contracted and small? If it makes me feel contracted and small and, like, hiding and running, then no. But if it makes me feel scared but I'm, like, but expanded and open, like, it's opening me up, then I have to say yes. It's just, like, a no-brainer. There's a quote I heard in high school and I was by my whole life, basically. It's like, whatever you fear next is a clear indication of what you should do. Totally. And I've always just kind of like, yeah, whatever you're afraid of, it's like, well, what is it about that's holding you back? Like, why do you fear it? And normally there's some really valuable lessons of that. Even if it's just self-reflection, but normally grow, going through that, you know, pain or kind of understanding what it is and, like, struggling through it, like, that's where you get most of your growth, too, right? and most mm -hmm. of your development. Totally. 100%. With the stuff you read in psychology, is there any good books that come to mind? Like, what kind of reading do you do? Minimal reading? That's an area that I need to expand. Um, probably, like, one huh, psychology Or, books. if you listen to podcasts, like, YouTube, like, whatever. Because, like, 
reading yeah, 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 yeah. whatever medium you Reading through me, I'm just like always ADD or like constantly all over the place. So I read, but it just takes me 10,000 years to get through a book. But psychology-wise, I don't necessarily, I'm like trying to think what I read, but I love the book Fascinate um, by um, Sally Hogsett. It's right here. No one can see this as I'm running over. And like, by, yeah, Sally Hogsett, Fascinate. Uh, it's all about like how people are fascinating and why they're fascinating. Okay. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess it is psychology. It's, yeah, your seven triggers to persuasion and captivation. But, like, it's really amazing. And I found out about her um, through Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. I love Marie Forleo. She yeah. was kind of, like, my introduction to YouTube celebrity in a way, of, like, or YouTube channels of people to follow. And then she kind of, like, she does all these interviews kind of the same way that you're doing with right. people. And then I would just kind of go down these. Rabbit holes. Rabbit holes. Of people, but that's fun. I like it nice. Mm-hmm. You said you does some public speaking. Where have you done some speaking? What topics do you typically speak about? I really, I haven't done a whole lot. Um, way less than I'd like to, or maybe not. I don't know. It's not the most fun thing. But I, a lot of like, um, like, uh, Quantlin, like schools and SFU and that kind of stuff. And that's really what I like the best. I like speaking to young people um, and women the most like that's just my passion young people especially because I love I love being able to be like I didn't go to school for marketing but here I am like they just love hearing that I think that we all end up doing not we all some of us end up doing things that we didn't go to school for whether whatever it is I think a lot of us go to school and then we do something else that's a pretty normal story. But when you're in school, you don't really have the sight, the foresight to see that that's going to happen. You're kind of just like, I'm making the choice for the rest of my life. Which is just, like, not true. Your life changes all the time. But you don't know that when you're 21. You're just like, this is my life forever. And so I love speaking to students about just about passion and being okay with not knowing what you're doing and um, just going with it. You know, like living life and being happy as much as you can and being okay not being happy and that's kind of my thing that's like my favorite thing just being real with people why is that inspirational side important to you like it seems like you get a little bit through your twitter stuff and like speaking so like why what is it about it that really draws you to it i probably because i didn't find many sources of inspiration until kind of like later in life for me um it did in small ways there were small things that were inspiring to me but I don't know, I feel like I kind of like fumbled my way through figuring out, figuring things out, like I didn't really have a mentor or anything growing up. So for me, I think we all need like mentors or moments that are mentoring, <laughs> that makes sense. Inspirational and people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. little moments. Um, and yeah, so it's just, it's really just important to me because it's important in my own life. When I have that, when I find those things that inspire me, when I see, and get that feeling from other people. Um, so I just, I, if I can give that, it's kind of just like, wow, it's really exciting. It just feels really nice. If you didn't have a lot of mentors, would you say it's been a lot of trial and error for you then? Like, what's kind of been your path? All trial and error. Like, I'm still trial and error. Like, it's going to You're be You're trial- diehard trial and error. Kind but that's of like- the thing is, like, no one knows what they're doing. Like, the sooner you realize that nobody knows what they're doing, especially in my field, I'm going to feel that changes every single two weeks, like, or less. Instagram changes, it's Snapchat, then it's 
then it's this, then it's that, it's like whatever. It's constantly changing. So if if I don't just accept that like nobody really knows what they're doing, that's okay. That's I don't know. Totally yeah, you just have to go for it. Like I it's constantly we we started I don't know, we started when we started our business, we're like charging people, we figured out the amount of work that we're doing for it it was like so we had some clients that were basically paying us like ten dollars an hour. <laughs> What? Like, you idiots? Like, what are you doing? We had no idea. We're like, this seems like a reasonable amount of money to charge. And, like, we're still refining. We constantly are refining our systems. We're constantly, you know, changing our hiring processes. We're making financial mistakes. We're making um, just every mistake. Every mistake that you could ever make, we have made it. I make it. We just, it's all the time. And you just accept it and just kind of learn from it and move forward. That's all you can do. What else are you going to do? Nothing else. You just keep trying. If you, you know, we all of a sudden when we started, none of us were very skilled photographers. We kind of relied on all of our clients to give us the content, and we would make it, like post it in a proper way or, you know, whatever. Um, but then quickly, especially with Instagram, vi- like visuals became so important, and we didn't say like, I guess we can't do our job anymore. No, we like went out, we bought equipment, we took classes, and we learned how to be photographers. Like, I like literally, I got my camera there, I'm in class right now. I remember, yeah, when I saw that on your, whether it was Facebook or Instagram, it's like, yeah, I'm doing photography classes, and I'm like, you would do photography classes, and it's kind of like just so, and it's like, and I feel like you're just really good at picking things up, and it's kind of just like, you're always wanting to try new things, and it's like, you never back down, it's just like, all right, that's the next thing I have to do. I just going to go do it. And there's no to. thinking, there's no hesitation, just kind of go do it. No, and there's like really, it's also mental. I have a lot of my, my my staff and people that I work with who will be like, well, you're the creative one. I'm not creative. And I'll just be like, you're never ever allowed to say that you're not something to me in my like presence ever again because it's, it's so limiting. Right. It's like who, I'm not creative. Like, you know why I'm creative? Because I, I try to do it. And I know I study what I like. I pay attention to what I like, and I just learn from it. And it, it, I learn a little bit that time. I do the thing. It's not perfect, but I've gotten a little bit better. And that's all you can do. And you just be around the people that do the thing that you like, that you want to do, and try. You know, like you have to try. Otherwise, you're just gonna be miserable. Because I, if, I, if I didn't learn photography or didn't push my team to get better and better at better at storytelling and visual and creating artwork because that's essentially what we do as marketers is make art um then we wouldn't be where we are now and we won't continue to grow because it's like we have to keep being better otherwise we're screwed or hire people that are better than us consistently where do you think that trying mindset came from? Was that something instilled by your parents? Because like a lot of people are so fearful of trying. So where does that resonate for you? You know what? I think about that a lot because I work really hard and I always have. But I think it's probably from my parents because I mean, to this day, I think my dad's turning sixty-two this year. Um, he has his own business and he, you know, he just retired from teaching. He was like a part-time. He did. Uh, substitute teaching and he manages a group home for adults um, with mental and physical disability 
And he literally does two jobs. He works from like 7 in the morning until 11 at night. Every day of, of the week. He plays floor hockey. He plays baseball in the summer. He like, you know, like he just does and does and does. He does so many things. And my mom's the same. My mom, you know, now she's um, not well, unfortunately. But she before was like an English professor. And then she also like did all these other things like she had multiple jobs and like I wouldn't necessarily see her right away when I got home from school because she was working her second job and had to go do that um just to like feed me and then she'd have friends over and like she'd you know make me dinner and blah 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 blah. like so both my parents like hustled um they and so I I just assumed that that's where I got it like I never really processed it but then I was just like oh yeah my parents both like to just do a bunch of stuff so I think they were really hard yeah they were really hard and and uh, the only thing is just like they work really hard and I but I also just see them working hard and it's kind of like all for me and they didn't enjoy as much and so it's important to me to like also really enjoy um so it's not just about like working hard it's about like living hard (laughs) You know, that sounds so, like, annoying. Well, they say, like, your craft is kind of, like, the people that are, you know, craftsmen's, like, their life and their work is blurred together, right? It is. It's all one. Because, like, your work should be enjoyable and your life should be enjoyable and they're an extension of each other. It's, like, they're not separated. So the people that, you know, go to the office, hate their jobs, and they shut off at 5 o'clock and come home, it's, like, it's not an extension, right? It's two separate lives where it's, like, this might be enjoyable, their downtime, but their office life is kind of, like, a pain grind away at right so you know it's kind of to be able to blur the two is kind of a yeah. treat and that's really what it comes down to 100 i always tell when students ask me a big question that i get from young people is how like should i have a business twitter and like a personal twitter or like you know like should one be just about my professional life and i always say like why would you do that because do you not want to have an attractive employer that appreciates your genuine self like, you want to be able to be yourself when you go to your work. So why would you put this fake front? Because then you're going to attract people that that's what they want. It makes no sense. It's like, just be yourself. Like, if you're going to be an idiot and you're going to get drunk in every single picture that you're posting, then you're an idiot. So you maybe you're not ready for a job yet. You know what I mean? Like, but if your employer can't deal with you, like, cheersing some friends yeah, at a bar, like, well, they don't, they're not going to support your real life. So get like get out of here. You're not for me, anyways. So it's just like you have to have that. Everything that I do is for betterment of me, which makes me better at my job. Like I, you know, I do improv because I always wanted to do it. I love laughing and love comedy. Um, but it also just makes me quick on my feet. It makes me quick with ideas. I don't think about things that I sit for brainstorming concepts and and creative ideas. I don't think about it. It's just like it comes out. It's like helped my life. I draw and I practice drawing and I do that because it helps me create and see how I could create new things for clients for a cool Instagram or cool video or like something. Um, I go to art shows like, you know, the culture crawl is a great thing to go to because it's just like you're seeing all these crazy things that people are doing and you're getting inspired and you have to just like continuously, like I almost see that as my work too. Being involved in things is my work just as going to the office is my work. It's all together because I can't do, I can't do, if I don't work, then I can't enjoy. And if I don't enjoy, then I'll have no ideas and I'll just be stale and boring. All makes sense. 
I want to ask you a few uh, quicker questions to wrap up because I want to be respectful of your time. So are there any blogs or you know social media people that you follow that would have like some really good advice? Like, anyone that you kind of look to or even accounts that you follow? For social media specifically? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely follow Gary Vaynerchuk as well. Like, he's like so wonderfully outspoken, yeah. and he's just so open with him himself. Um, he actually replies to people, which is insane. Like, I that's like I just don't even really understand how someone can be that on all the time. I don't so, get it either. It's yeah, like I feel like it's, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I don't. I don't think I could ever be like that on. Um, so Gary Vaynerchuk for sure. Um, yeah, for like social media specific, I think that the thing with, with social media is it's just like paying attention. So that's like someone that, that I follow for social media, but I think there's so many other areas that like it's just marketing and it's right. just like cool stuff that you like. So I follow a ton of artists um, online that are inspiring to me. Um, Andy Dixon is like a local artist. He's living in New York now, but I follow him and I find like his work really inspirational. Um, same with Ola Bulo, um, who she yeah she is here. She's at every like she, I have her um, I have a yeah, coloring book that she did here and um, we worked with her and she's just like wonderful. So I follow a lot of unusual artists um, and creatives because they really help me put interesting pieces together. Yeah and see what's possible. Sometimes you just don't know what is possible in your mind. Um, and you'll see something and it's just inspiring in its own way and you're able to take something from that and take something that you saw in a movie and put that down here and then see this, you saw this beautiful dish of food at a restaurant and you put those all together to make some sort of like crazy experience or whatever marketing thing. So it's just like exploring, I guess. Um, and following influencers too. I follow a lot of, of um, local and global influencers. Where are some influencers you follow? You know, I'm like trying to think. I should know them off by heart. Because um, there's just like so many people. Ooh, I can't even remember about it. You follow so many I do follow a lot. And they're just like, yeah, I can't. Okay. Snapchat? Are you on Snapchat? I am, but I'm not. I, I love, like, I know that it's so important and wonderful, but I just, like, can't get into it. Do you think it's a nice platform? Do you really feel like it's something worthwhile, like, that people should be spending time if they're looking to kind of do more marketing, more social? I think don't discredit it. I think Snapchat is so huge, and, and it's kind of like everything. So right now, anytime a platform is new, it has, like, a younger demographic. So right now, Snapchat is, like, a younger demographic. But it continues to get a little older, a little bit older, a little bit older as like the older crowd kind of, they're a little exactly. slower. So it will become relevant because it has to. Um, it's also like kind of on board, it's like a different version of the whole like live streaming thing, which is like, I think the next big thing is like right. in the moment. Periscope your cat, live Facebook. All, oh, right. yeah. I think that's like, yeah, it's I kind of want to go live stream my podcast. Yeah. Which I really cool. Exactly. Just set it up and just come like, why not, right? It's like, what's the downside? There's so, no downside. Yeah. It's just fun. And people can tune in. There's so many actions people miss that they didn't see you run up and get a book. It's like they would have seen so much more. It would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. You missed it. Amy's very animated. She's been <laughs> good friend the whole time. <laughs> just shaking. Yeah, you see that. See live stream. The beauty. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So I do believe in Snapchat, 100%. I'd be an idiot if I didn't. Um, I just, like, I don't get inspired by it. But some people that are doing it are killing it. Like, what is DJ Khalid? Everyone should follow DJ Khalid. DJ Khalid? Just stupid. I'll put it in the show notes, DJ Khalid. I'll track him down. It's on just, Snapchat? Yeah, it's just funny. Like, it's just, like, him blinged out or something. Like, it's just, like, really funny. Right. And so some people just, like, do it really well. Um, I just, like, and so I, I believe in it. And I want to do it. And there's so, I want to, I really, like, I'm dying to have a client be like, we will, like, we would like to do Snapchat because I want to do it for someone else. But for myself, I just have no desire. And I have no clients who wanted to really jump in it. Yeah. Any last words you want to leave for the audience? Anything you want to wrap up with? Like last words, like am I am I done after this? <laughs> um, no, I just think like um, life philosophies. Like life philosophy. I think life yeah, advice, yeah. My life advice is always interesting life, interesting marketing. Hundred percent. Have an interesting life and pay attention to the things that you like, and everything that you will do is going to be interesting because it has to be. You know, just like, just do stuff. Do stuff that's different, and you'll see uh, it will help your creative mind grow with your marketing. Nourish and develop. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Appreciate you sitting down. And, Thanks uh, so much. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoy this, uh, subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Store, wherever you get your uh, podcast, to your next chapter, and keep checking out the posts.